The Detroit Pistons lose 109-98 to to the Philadelphia 76ers. However, we have probably the best game of the year, the most fun game of the year by far. Kay Cunningham records his first double-double of the season. We'll talk about all that on today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. I'm your host, per usual, Kuka Hill. You also you can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. You can find the channel over on YouTube, now at Locked On Pistons. Make sure you go over there, support the podcast. And also, I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your so, uh, podcast platforms. And also, today episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends over at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. And on today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast, we are going to recap last night's, if you're listening to this on the podcast, and tonight's loss, if you're watching this on YouTube, to the Philadelphia 76ers. So I think this was by far, I, I think almost everyone will agree, that this was by far the most fun game of the season for the Detroit Pistons. They played the Philadelphia 76ers really close all the way to the end. Uh, obviously, they ended up losing this game. Um, but you'll take this loss. You'll take this kind of loss, especially with the way Kay Cunningham looked tonight. Um, he struggled shooting the ball still, but he recorded his first double-double. You could just tell the offense and the entire team just looked so much better with him on the floor. Him and Cade, um, or him and Killian on the floor. They were both a team high, plus seven and plus six. Uh, but Kay Cunningham, he shot four of 17 from the field. He shot one of seven from deep. A lot of these were still very good looks. Looks he's going to eventually start hitting down or getting down once he knocks the rust off, recovers from this ankle injury more and more. Uh, I, I'm told you guys on the last podcast, give it like two weeks. Come back in two weeks and you tell me who the rookie of the year is. It's going to be Kay Cunningham at that point. He's going to be looking really good. Um, but he had 18 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal. He did have 3 turnovers, but he's a rookie. No big deal. Uh, I think the thing that everyone's going to love the most about seeing from him, though, is the fact that he got to the free throw line 10 times. Uh, he was really good at attacking the rim. He shook his defender many times and got all the way to the rim. Uh, he was drawing fouls, drawing contact. Uh, there was one play in particular that I really liked to see from him. It was one when he was coming off the screen. He was coming off a dribble handoff with Isaiah Stewart, and he felt the guy on his back. And, you know, savvy veterans and savvy players in the league now, as soon as they feel that contact on their back, you go straight up with the shot because usually the defender is going to run into you because he's coming off that dribble handoff trying to contest you. Um, and, K, that's not something you usually see from rookies. That just shows you how how high his IQ is and how comfortable he is on the floor. He rolls up immediately and draws fouls on those. Those are those are plays that, you know, stars kind of make. You don't see many players, uh, many role players, many rookies in general making that kind of play. And he made that play, and that that that's something I really like to see from him. But overall, his free throw, getting to the free throw line, and his ability to draw contact, I really liked it. Um, actually, I think something that fans really should be happier about from this game with Kay Cunningham is, you know, coming into the season and coming into the draft. I feel like the one thing that people you heard about Cade is that oh, he's not some elite athlete. He's going to struggle getting around the rim. He's going to struggle finishing around the rim or something like that. Like that was the main concern amongst. Pistons fans or NBA fans, draft fans, et cetera, even though there was a, quite a few draft guys that saying that, you know, he's not Jalen Green athlete, but he's a pretty damn good athlete himself. He shouldn't really struggle that much from it. 
Uh, but that was a concern amongst fans. And in tonight's game, or last night's game, if you listen to this on the podcast, there was multiple times he got to the rim and was able to finish. There was multiple times he shook his defender and absorbed contact and got to the rim. Multiple times he draw free throws around the rim. Uh, and really, through I feel like through his two last two games that he's played, uh, he's only played three games with the first one, minutes restriction, so I don't really count that one. So through his last two games, I would say his strength so far right now, obviously he's missing outside shots, but everyone, I think everybody on earth expects him to start hitting these shots. He's not going to continue missing like this. He's getting his good looks. He's creating for himself. He's going to start hitting these soon once the rust comes off. So the other part was his finishing on the rim and getting to the rim. I actually think that's been the best part of his offensive game so far through the first two games he's been here. So if the one part of his game that people thought maybe could be a weakness is where he's actually doing really well at early on, and the strength of his game is where he's knocking some rust off because of the ankle injury, then that should say really good things about Kay Cunningham. And that should have every Pistons fan just really excited. Uh, but yeah, if you watch this game, again, I just want to say, if you watch this game, you know exactly what I'm talking about with Cade. It, it, he, when he was on the floor, the team just functioned way, way better. He looked. I really feel like he looked really good. Again, I know he shot four of seventeen from the field, but if you watched, you know, if those of you who watch, you know damn well he looked really good. He was creating for his teammates. He found guys wide open. Uh, he had a few uh, drop offs to Isaiah Stewart. I liked. Uh, he pushed the ball in transition. Him and Killing Hayes did a really good job pushing the ball in transition. And they both, I thought, were doing an incredible job together. They were fantastic on the floor together. And, you know, one of my friends and who I used to do a podcast with, Joe Truck, a lot of you guys will know know him because I know I had a lot of you guys DM me when I got this job, uh, say, you know, I listen to you guys' podcast. I think you should take this job. Uh, so I know a few of you guys know him, but my friend Joe Truck, who I used to do the podcast with, he tweeted this out, and 100% it was the case right off the bat. And this is why – even before we saw games with them, I really liked this backcourt. I never thought they would have a big issue fitting together. But you saw early on and throughout the entire game that the Pistons were at their best when these two were on the court. The fact that you have two big guys, two big playmakers who are able to create and playmake for others as your guards, you saw what it did for the team on both ends of the floor. They were able to double-team Joel Embiid, who, by the way, I thought really struggled tonight. Joel Embiid finished the game at 19 points, but he shot 6 of 15 from the floor. The Pistons were doubling him every time he touched the ball in the post with Killian or Cade. And it's not like you're just doubling with, you know, they tried doubling with Frank Jackson later on in the game, and you saw a foul was drawn by Joel Embiid. He found someone open because Frank Jackson just isn't that big. He's not strong enough. He's not really that big. And he's, the double doesn't really affect Joel Embiid with Frank Jackson. But if you throw a double at him with Killian Hayes, who was really frustrating the hell out of Joel Embiid on these doubles, and you also throw Cade, who has a seven-foot wingspan, six 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 seven. You have those kind of versatility at, at the guard spots. It jumps off the table. It ju jumps off the screen on defense. Uh, and the Pistons didn't even do that great of a job outside of the doubles and rotations on defense. I thought they did a really good job at that. But outside of that, I think they they lacked uh, some concentration on some catch-and-shoot attempts. Turnovers really dug them in. But my point is having both those guys, your guards, not only helps your offense, the fact that the offense looked really good early on in the first two quarters, they were literally just taking turns. Killian's turn, Cage's turn, just creating for guys. It was definitely more Cade, and the offense was functioning more. But Killian hit two threes tonight, both from catching and shooting. He's looking really good in that area. He's looking good. You know, he was attacking the rim. He had two runners I think he hit. Uh, and, you know, they both looked really good together. Having two big guys at the guard positions who are able to play that kind of way defensively, who are able to see over defenses on offense and create for guys, that's a luxury that not every team has in the NBA and something that the Pistons in two to three years are going to be able to really make teams pay with. 
And that's why I, I really – I've been such a fan of this backcourt since they drafted it, uh, and you saw the glimpses of it tonight. I, I didn't like that we didn't see more of it. Killian only played 28 minutes, but he did have that thumb injury, I believe, to his left hand uh, that had him questionable to return at the late in the fourth quarter. He did return, though. Uh, but still, I would have liked to see Killian and Kate play even more together or stagger them even more. They were The Pistons were by far the best when one of them were on the floor. Again, they were a team-high six, plus six and plus seven. That tells the story. Uh, single game plus minus is noisy sometimes, but that right there completely matches the eye test. They both were really good tonight against a quality team, and that's what you want to see, especially, you know, out of Cade, but especially out of Killian Hayes, who I've said multiple times, you want to see him get better and better each game. And we're at, what, game eight now? And you're starting to see him stack more and more good performances on top of each other. And this, it's looking really good. So, yeah, Cade, I thought, looked really good tonight. It was a lot of fun watching him. And I can't wait to – I'm going to be at the game tomorrow or today whenever you're listening to this uh, against the Brooklyn Nets. I'm going to be at this game with my fiance. So, I, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to see Cade in person in the New Jerseys. But, yeah, I, I really liked Cade tonight. He looked he looked fantastic. Uh, I, hope, I hope fans really enjoyed what they saw from him. But let me know what you guys thought about Cade's game tonight what you guys thought of the Pistons backcourt tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers in the comments down below or in the reviews if you listen to this on Apple Podcasts, or you can go hit me up over on Twitter at Kukahill. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the offense that looked much improved tonight. They did only score. They did not break 100 points. They only scored 98 points. But I thought the offense looked way better tonight. We'll talk about that. And then we'll also talk about some of the other some of the play of his Kay Cunningham's teammates. And we'll talk about Jeremy Grant who had a good game in the first half and some issues that we've talked about before started rising up again in the second half, specifically the fourth quarter. We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, let me tell you about some of our sponsors. First up, let me tell you about McDonald's. McDonald's is more than just a place where you can get tasty, affordable food. They've been proudly serving communities since 1965, and it's a place where friends, family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can come meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. I absolutely love McFlurries. I just had one the other day. They're amazing. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. I told you guys this story multiple times already. Me and my fiance, we went on a trip to Chicago a few weeks ago, and before we could get started on our trip, we had to stop at McDonald's and start off with that McDonald's breakfast, the sausage, egg, and cheese McMuffin. Listen, I know the breakfast ends at 1030, but I promise you guys, I'm not lying. It's worth it. Wake up early. Go get that breakfast. I'm telling you, it will set your day up right. So go ahead to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. And then let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, Calm. Do you want to know what makes LeBron James, King James, sleep? That's right. Sleep is his superpower. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you activate the power of sleep. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, but you don't have to be a world champion to know how to train it. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce your stress, and perform at your best, just like King James. For LeBron, sleep is a critical part of his mental fitness routine. As he says, quote, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. From the sound of rain falling on leaves to bedtime, sleep stories, calm puts me to sleep within minutes, which means I wake up ready for any challenge, unquote. So if you head to calm.com slash LockdownNBA for a limited time, you'll get 40% off of all Calm premium subscriptions. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes LeBron loves, like rain on leaves, 
and so much more like sleep stories and meditations so you can be ready for any challenge that life throws your way. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron and using Calm and get a 40% discount on our Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash locked on MBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on MBA. That's calm.com slash locked on NBA. So let's go ahead and get back to talking about some of this game. So we talked about Kate a lot. Again, like I said, I really liked what we saw from Kate tonight. I really, it was a lot of fun watching him orchestrate the offense, him and Killian Hayes. But let's talk about some of the other teammates that uh, played tonight, obviously, with Cade. Um, So first, I want to talk about Killian Hayes a little bit. Um, Like I've told you guys for a few weeks now, I told you guys after game one when he really struggled, didn't score, I said, what you want to see from Killian Hayes. And first of all, look how far we've come already. I, I Seriously, look at what he looked like in game one, and then look at how he looked tonight. He looks. He already looks way better. He looks way more comfortable, aggressive, looking for a shot. Feels confident. Uh, there was one point tonight where after he made, I believe, I believe it was after his second three, someone hit him on a on a kickout, or they were coming up the court and they hit him quickly in the right wing, and he was getting ready to pull that thing. And Dwayne Casey called a timeout. He turned around looking at Dwayne Casey like, "Oh my God, I was about to pull this. Why'd you call this?" And he was, you know, he was laughing a little bit. He wasn't too mad, obviously, but that's the kind of confidence he's playing with right now. So just from game one to game eight. He's already looking much better. It's 82-game season. That's why I told you guys, you guys need to just chill out at the one game. It's an 82-game season. It really is a long season. And this is something Killian's going to get to have. They didn't have in his rookie season. The ability to start low, come up, and then you know, have a little struggle, then come back up, go through the whole roller coaster of the season, and get better each game. And he's doing that so far. But specifically tonight, he looks really good. Um, again, I told you guys this on a few podcasts ago. I'm confident saying that I think Killian Hayes is a good spot up three-point shooter it was his best points per possession in his rookie season though it was an extremely small sample size and still going into this season it still is an extremely small sample size but when he's catching shooting his form looks so much better he looks so much more confident and he's been making it uh, he shot two of three tonight from beyond the arc uh again like I, w- I would have liked to see him play a little bit more than 28 minutes i you know he sat for a long extended period of time in that the first and second quarter when he got i think he came out at the six minute mark and then sat for 10 minutes. I didn't like that. Uh, but either way, he played really well. There was a few times as well where, like, these are the kind of plays that I just love seeing. I know that maybe he's a casual fan, and maybe you guys don't like it as much, but these kind of plays just get me so hyper. Uh, there was a few plays that he ran a pick and roll on the left side, on the left wing, uh, with whoever it was, Isaiah Stewart, Kelly Olenek, all of them. He ran a pick and roll, and my favorite thing, I told you guys this last year, I don't know if you guys remember, but snaking the pick and roll and probing, being able to have that ball handling and confident and, and calmness in the pick and roll is something you want out of your pick and roll ball handling and your point guard. Not everyone has it. And Killian Hayes was just doing it over and over again tonight, and I absolutely loved it. There was one place specifically, I believe in the first quarter, Hay came down, did his thing. Killian came down, did his thing. Kay came down, did his thing. It was just looking really good, like first four possessions, Pistons just rolling, rolling, rolling. And then Killian Hayes comes down, gets the pick and roll, probes into the uh, into the paint, gets, uh, I believe it was Seth Curry on his back, snakes the pick and roll, gets into the paint, converges both defenders, and the they had someone in the corner on the weak side, or the strong side, I'm sorry, they had someone on the, on the, on, in the corner on the strong side, and Sadiq Bey, his defender tags down on the roller, who is Isaiah Stewart, and since Killian has attracted both Embiid and Curry, he makes the quick whip pass to Sadiq Bey to the corner, Sadiq missed it, but that play right there was just chef's kiss. I, it just that kind of play right there is what gets me hyper. I I absolutely love that type of play. He did that a few times in that, but that play in general right there, that specifically, 
was just really damn good. I, I absolutely love that play. That was a, a really nice play by Killian. Uh, he had another few plays as well where he just, again, he snakes the pick and roll, probes into the paint real calm, and he hits a floater. And he had a few where he took some middies, he missed it. But, again, he's playing aggressive. He's getting to his spots. And that's something that people were questioning after his rookie season or throughout his rookie season. Is he going to be able to get to his spots? Is he going to be able to get into the paint? In this game, he was doing that anytime he wanted to. It was really a sight to see. I It was fun, guys. I like. I really hope all of you guys got to watch this game because watching Cade and Killian work, work the pick and roll, which, by the way, we're going to talk in the final segment because you guys know I've been begging to see more pick and rolls and cut out the DHOs, which we saw tonight against Philly. Uh, we'll talk about that later on the podcast. But, yeah, it was just so much fun watching Killian and Cade play, man. It's just – it was. this is – we, we were robbed of this for the first like week and a half. We were forced to watch this putrid offense that was just, oh, God, it was so bad. Uh, but, yeah, when they, them two were on the court tonight, it looked way better. The team just looked way better. The offense looked way better. And that's, that's just flashing what's going to come for the future of this backcourt. This backcourt is going to be so much fun for years to come. And those guys are going to be really good. I'm telling you guys now, it's going to be really, it's going to be really fun. It's going to be really good to see these guys develop and play in the next two to three years. It's can be fun. Um, but when we come back, we're going to talk about everything else we saw in the game, especially Jeremy Grant and his play down the stretch. We'll hit on that. Uh, Isaiah Stewart was possibly the play of the night across the NBA, crossing Joel Embiid up at the top of the key and hitting a double clutch dunk under the rim. What was this coming from? Where did he where did he start doing this? Uh, but we'll talk about that in the final segment as long, along with other things that happened in tonight's game. But first, let me tell you about some of our sponsors, or one of our sponsors, and it's your favorite sponsor of all time, Bill Bar. I love Thanksgiving. All the good food and treats, and there's plenty of them, trust me. But maybe you want a yummy dessert, but isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Bill Bars. Bill Bar is the new holiday dessert that everyone's going to love. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Bilt Bars are only around 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace a coconut cream pie with coconut Bilt Bar or go to the raspberry Bilt Bar instead of the raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Or I just simply would suggest the peanut butter flavor Bilt Bar. That's my favorite one. I know that's not really going with the Thanksgiving theme, but if you just want a good Bilt Bar, go ahead and get that peanut butter one. It's my favorite. But all the bars are low in calorie, low carbs, low fat, and high in protein. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate that are soft and easy on the teeth to chew. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two right now. Share some at your family gatherings. It will make things less awkward, I promise. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet, and it's just what she needs to make her day a whole lot better. New surprises all month as well. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So go check the site often. And trust me, there is nothing else like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendars. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. I know you guys will be getting waiting out those malls, waiting outside the stores, waiting to go shopping for all your friends and family. But make sure you go ahead and get them a Built Bar. I promise you it might be their best present this year at Christmas. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. But let's go ahead and dive right back into this game again. I've said this multiple times already. And actually, let me tell you guys one more time. For th- thank you for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We appreciate it. I love it. Thank you guys so much. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And also, go check out 
the channel over on YouTube, Lockdown Pistons. We are trying to get to 1,000 subscribers as soon as possible. If you guys are listening to the podcast right now still, please go over to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. You don't even have to watch it on YouTube. Just go support the podcast, hit the subscribe button, and help get us to 1,000 subscribers. We are moving pretty fast. We're one of the fastest-growing uh, channels on YouTube thus far in the Lockdown Network. We're already close to 400, and we've only been on there for like three weeks. Let's go ahead and keep 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 it going. Be the best fan base at the Lockdown, fan base at the Lockdown Network. And let's get to 1,000 subscribers faster than all the other channels did. Let's get it going. I really appreciate it. Go support us over there. I really appreciate it again. Uh, but let's go ahead and dive into – some other things that happened in tonight's game or last night's game against the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, Jeremy Grant, he had 27. Actually, you know what? Cut that. I want to go somewhere else, actually, to start off because Jeremy Grant, I feel like I'm going to talk a little bit longer about. I want to go somewhere else real quick. Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay is currently shooting on the season 39% from the field, okay? And you guys know I've been giving him nonstop credit for how he's developed his game. However, as the season has gone on, and I told you guys this after the first few games, we want to see how it goes as the season progresses. He's looked, I won't say, I don't want to say worse because he still is showing a little bit more, you know, calmness. And he's definitely looked a lot better playmaking wise. That, that right there is a legit improvement. He's making better decisions with the ball in his hands. He's looking for guys. He's hitting the easy pass. That right there has been a legit improvement every single game. I'm not going to take that away from him. However, it's going to be an interesting thing for everyone to continue to watch. And I told you guys that. You know, it, it was a few games of him playing really well, creating off the dribble and playing, you know, finishing around the rim, et cetera. But the last few games is really coming back down to earth. Uh, it doesn't mean that he should stop. It doesn't mean we should just take the ball out of his hands completely. It doesn't mean he should give up trying to do all that. That's not what I'm saying. But it's definitely something to watch because in the last, like, I would say, like, four games or so, he's really struggled doing so. He's doing 39% of the season, like I said right now. It's probably going to go down to around, what, like 37%? Because he shot 33% tonight, three of nine from the field. He's still struggling to find his outside shot. It's really perplexed, really. Uh, Sadiq is a really good outside shooter, and he's just not showing that this season at all. Uh, Am I worried about him being able to turn that around? No. Um, But, I mean, we're at eight games into the season. It's not a huge sample size, but still. You have to wonder a little bit if the added-on responsibility is, is, is it, you know, hurting him outside? Outside shooting wise, I don't think so. I think that's stupid, but I know that's a kind. kind actually, let me not call it stupid, but I don't know if it holds much weight. I've heard and seen a bunch of you guys have that kind of conversation, and everyone talk about it. I don't think that's what's hurting him. I just think he's off right now, um, and especially the last game. I think Dwayne Casey actually uh, called him out and said, "You know, if you're pump faking, he Dwayne Casey that is said after one of the media sessions said, um, if you are passing up an open three point shot." You better hope you make the 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 pump uh, the dribble pull up you're taking after whatever you're doing afterwards. You better make what what you do next. And that was really what Sadiq Bay was doing in the game before this one against the Philadelphia 76ers. He was passing up wide open threes, and we talked about that in the last podcast. And now tonight he was one of five from deep. Still, he's struggling a little bit. I it's going to be something that you guys need to continue to watch. Again, I'm not saying it's not going to come back up. He's not going to improve. I I think he's going to improve from outside. He's not going to continue to shoot like this from beyond the arc. But everything else. You need to start watching it because it's going to change throughout the season. Is he going to have, you know, like I said with Killing, the bumpy road? Is he going to, you know, he's in the middle of a downslope right now. Is he going to be able to pick himself back up and get back up towards uh, the top? We'll see if that happens. But it's definitely something to watch for because he's right now, the last few games, he's really struggling to impact the game, I feel like. Um, and he's still he's still getting a lot of minutes, too. It's not like Dwayne Casey's not believing him. He played 37 minutes tonight. Uh, so he's going to continue to get his chances no matter how he's playing, obviously. So he just, you know, it's going to be something to continue to watch, see if he's able to bounce back 
get his shot going. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely perplexed how how bad he's shooting from beyond the arc. Uh, but yeah, let's now let's go ahead and dive into Jeremy Grant. That's who I wanted to talk about really. Uh, but I had to talk about that Sadiq thing to start off. Um, actually, real quick before we talk about Jeremy Grant, I'm sorry. Uh, Frank Jackson had a really good game tonight. The Pistons desperately needed him to get out of his slump. They need his shooting. He shot three of six from the floor tonight, two of four from deep. Uh, he looked better tonight than he did all season. In the first half, they looked really good. In the second half, I feel like the Pistons offense stalled out a little bit more again into ISO heavy basketball, dribble handoffs. It was, I don't know why they do this. They go away from what's working all the time. In the second half, we definitely got less Killian and Kate pick and rolls. And I just don't get why. But yeah, I had to shout out Frank Jackson. We had a really good game tonight, I thought. And Trey Lyles, who had, who played absolutely uh, horrific. He played awful. Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and talk about Jeremy. So Jeremy had 27 points. He shot 11 of 22 from the field, two six from deep. He got three free throws. He had six rebounds, four assists, one steal, one block. In general, just in totality, you would say it's a good game. It was a good first half for Jeremy, but he really started to struggle in the second half. And this is something I think we've seen enough sample size of. I'm going to go out and just say it. It was a struggle last, all last season for him. And, you know, it not only not only has it been a struggle for him this season, it just doesn't make much sense for him to continue to try to do this and why the Pistons should ask him to do this now. It doesn't make sense to do it because you have two guys you would rather have the ball in his hands, in their hands. But especially down the stretch, Jeremy had four turnovers tonight. I have to I, I have to believe at least two of them came in the final like three minutes of the game. Uh, it was not it, it was not pretty basketball from Jeremy down the stretch. They the thing with Jeremy is he turned when you put pressure on him and you bring an extra defender, he's really bad right now at, at finding the open guy when the help defender comes. And half the time he usually doesn't see the help defender coming, he turns the ball over. And that's that was happening a lot in the fourth quarter. They went away from Cade, they went away from Killian. And Jeremy went right back into this ISO heavy basketball where, and he just started to really struggle from the field. He wasn't, it wasn't good offense for the Pistons. He was turning the ball over left and right. Uh, there was one absolutely horrific turnover that he had and it was inexcusable. You know, there was a turnover Hamnu Diallo had a few games ago where he just like, you know, threw a careless pass and got subbed out instantly. And Dwayne Casey gave it to him and he should have, he probably should have done the same thing to Jeremy Grant tonight. If he wasn't just a, a vet himself and one of the best players on the team. Because this turnover in the late in the fourth quarter, he's coming up the court. He ha, he's coming up the right side of the court and just throws an absolutely lazy, like little lob, like a like a touch pass or something to whoever's in the corner. But like, there's someone literally standing in between him and the corner. He didn't throw it high. He didn't give a fake pass. He didn't throw a bounce pass. He just threw like a little soft lob pass, a, a turnover straight to. I think it was Stiebel who turned it or who stole it. And then he had a wild layup in the next, uh, like literally two seconds later because of the fast break. That right there might have been the worst turnover the entire night. It was careless, too. Um, and, and Jeremy had a lot of those tonight. He had a lot of just bad turnovers tonight. And the majority of them came, I, I believe, in the final quarter. Um, I'm looking at it right now. So he had one turnover at the 930 mark. And I know he had another one at the end. He had another one in the, at the 530 mark. So, yeah, he had three turnovers in the fourth quarter itself, like I said. So it was just – we've seen enough to know that Jeremy should not have the ball in his hands and at the end of games now if you want to go to him for a specific play like on a catch and shoot play or getting him moving and then give him the ball okay fair but too many times in that fourth quarter in the second half really it was just jeremy grant getting the ball isoing at the top of the key you know getting the ball at the high post trying to post up iso some guy drive post up and then get ripped up from behind because the help defender comes you don't see it coming that right there it needs to stop he's just not that's not the type of player he is i told you guys this a few weeks ago on the podcast i actually think it was just last week that 
Jeremy has shown us, what Jeremy has shown the, the entire NBA through a season and what, like eight games, season and eight games thus far, is that he is much more than the player he showed in a OKC endeavor. That's for sure. He has much more to offer a team. He is not just some fourth banana that just stands in the court. He's much more than that. Give him a hell of a lot of credit. But he is not a closer, and he's not a number one or number two guy, really. And you shouldn't be treating him like that. And it's fine that he's not that because he's much better than you're, what you are what you got him for. He's much better than that. So you already got a good bargain. Just stop asking, Stop trying to get too much for your dollar. Stop, you know, it's, 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 it's too much right now. And, you know, it, it's, it was really stupid as well for me watching it happen because the Pistons have looked so good all night with Cade and Killian running pick and rolls. I don't understand why they went away from it in the fourth quarter and went into Jeremy Grant isos. Again, it just it doesn't make no sense to me. And I think we have enough enough evidence now to show that we, down the stretch in the fourth quarter, you should just have the ball in Killian or Kay's hands. It just should be. There was another one versus turnovers too in the fourth quarter that were that was on the him bringing up the ball and just turn the ball over. Like, no, get the ball out your hands, give it to a guard, and let them run the transition, let them run the, run the offense. There's no need to do that. Those are just careless turnovers that the Pistons, who are not as talented of a team, can't sustain. Your margin of error when you're a team like the Pistons is just low. You can't have careless turnovers like that. And, and Jeremy is is just too susceptible to those because he doesn't handle pressure and double teams that well right now. Uh, and that's fine. Like I said, he's much more than the player he was before he got to Detroit. He's proven that. Props to him. But he still has his weaknesses, and the Pistons really shouldn't be trying to milk everything out of him as possible because it's just not working. He doesn't have that part of his game. You have two guys that you should be going to instead that the offense looks much better around. So I think you know, we're probably going to see it happen, continue to happen throughout the season. Jeremy's probably going to continue to see the ball a lot in the fourth quarter. He's probably going to ISO a lot more, uh, but it's not just not going. It's probably going to continue to go how it's went for the past year. Now, if he's not going to look that good doing it, he's going to turn the ball over a lot. And he, unless he drastically improves his playmaking, his vision, it's just not going to work very well. So I hope the Pistons slowly start to translate more or transition more into Kay Cunningham, just you know, letting him take over games at the end of games and killing Hayes running the running the show as well. Because they looked, again, they looked absolutely fantastic, I thought, tonight when they were letting those guys run pick and rolls. Like, I've been begging for weeks. I've been begging for weeks to please see pick and rolls. And tonight, they finally went away from a lot of deep dribble handoffs. There still was some tonight, but it was by far nowhere near their top offense. It was pick and rolls heavy, and it looked good. It looked really good. So hopefully we see more of that as the season continues to go on. I'm, I hope we see it a lot tonight against Brooklyn. I'm going to be at the game. It's going to be a lot of fun. But, yeah. I think this game easily was by far the most fun we've had all season watching the Pistons, and that's and that's a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys for listening to today's podcast. That's all I've got for you guys today. Again, I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. Like I told you guys earlier on, please go check us out on YouTube. Just hit the subscribe button. You don't have to watch us on YouTube, but go support the podcast. Show everybody at the Lockdown Network that we are the best fan base across the Lockdown Network. The Pistons fan base is the most supportive. Help us get to 1,000 subscribers over there. I'd really appreciate it. And until the next episode, oh, wait, make sure you go check out Lockdown Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd. He's doing a great job over there giving you tips and insight into fantasy basketball. If you're into it, make sure you go check out his podcast. He's doing a great job over there. And, yeah, that's all I've got for you guys today. I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, you guys have a great time watching the game tonight. I hope you guys had fun watching the game last night. But, yeah, have even more fun tonight. I hope to see some of you guys there. If you're there, hit me up on Twitter. I'll try to see if I can come meet up with you guys. But, yeah, until then, I'll see you guys later on Monday where we talk about everything that happened in the game against Brooklyn Nets. The Pistons will not play again 
after this game until Wednesday. So we're going to have a lot to talk about over the weekend maybe. So I'll see you guys then. Peace out, everybody. Go Pistons and have a great day.